CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. All right, so we're podcasting in the wind, although it's not that windy right here. It was way windier when we were between buildings. Next to a statue allegedly of Sam Sloan, but I don't know who Sam Sloan is. You do know that he was a Pokestop, though, right? Yeah, yeah, he was, he was Def's Pokestop. And then, like, over there by the train station, there's, like, two gyms. Okay. But I haven't battled in a while, like, yeah. in a long while. Yeah, nice job jinxing us, Michael J. Flores. <laughs> um, so it's Prodigal Son, or Prodigal Sorcerer, Brian David Marshall. I love that story in the Magic Bible. <laughs> he went away to like lands unknown caroused like I was I was pigs. I was very ill for several weeks yeah then I went to Dublin then I went to Pittsburgh and that was Dublin Dublin was wet and cold uh fun pro tour though really yeah I had a good time what if you like more more than two and a half decks is it still a fun pro tour yeah you know what uh, I, I mean, I thought the matches of Magic were fun to watch. Yeah. I, I thought that, you know, I think that the green-black mirror is actually really kind of interesting and not necessarily a true mirror because there's a lot of different... Yeah, I think there's like a, a lot of different ways to slice it. Three different kinds of green-black decks that are distinct strategies from one Delirium, another. energy, and then just green-black. Well, I think even like, even like if you said energy, right, like... There's the Ken Yuka Hero deck, which has like the elephants. Green Belt Rampager. Yeah. Clint Sleeve Siphoner. Well, no, like I think of like the energy was just like Clint Sleeve Siphoner kind of more. And then, but like he's got like this whole regalia of of Winding Constrictor, getting energy counters from Green Belt Rampager, combining with um, Walking Ballista. It's like basically Tron. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, ah. Tap Myers' tower. But anyway, yeah, I think the green black decks are kind of fun to watch interact for now anyway, for at least, you know, last week <laughs> may, may have been the end of my patience for that. Well they're archetype. gonna they're gonna send some bannings out, right? Like in a week. I, I mean they it's five weeks from the Pro Tour is the scheduled date, right? Oh man, that's a while. Man. That's a while. What would so. you so 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 do you look at this standard format? So just to, to sort of preface, so this week, this past week, it was Grand Prix Pittsburgh. Yeah. It was standard. Uh, there were basically only three decks in the top eight. There was one Sahili Rai combo deck. There was like two Mardu vehicle decks, and then five green black decks of various well, flavors. No, Martin's deck was. No, no, no. I'm talking about in Pittsburgh. Oh, in week. Pittsburgh. I'm in sorry. Pittsburgh this past week. Martin's deck was actually interesting. Yeah. And then if you go deeper into the top 32 decks, which are published, they're all of those three. There was nothing that wasn't Mardu Vehicles, one of the various green-black decks, or some sort of copycat deck. So, um... But there's also a lot of variety on how you can build the copycat decks, obviously. Like, there's three or four color. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, you can build the Marvel version, you can build the four color version, you can build just a straight Jeskai controlled copycat shell. I was really optimistic for Steve Rubin's deck. I don't know if you got a chance to see that deck. Yeah, so it's a, a red-blue zombies deck, similar to a deck that made top eight 
at Grand Prix Denver a few months ago, right? Yeah. But it's like a basically a prized amalgam. Just dis, like discard a bunch of cards to get a small amount of profit. Uh, but the, the, it actually doesn't make much sense. Like your your cards aren't very good, <laughs> and you're like actually discarding multiple cards to get back like one crappy thing. But they all fly. So. <laughs> Well, I think the idea is also that you're getting value off your card, your discards, like you're turning them into spells, like fevered visions. Okay. Or the you're cards discarding you're discarding fevered visions. Neg. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I meant fiery temper. Yeah, there is fevered visions fiery in this deck. Fevered, fevered visions is a big. I mean, the deck actually is pretty limp without fevered visions. But they, there wasn't fevered visions in the main deck prior to this Grand Prix, so I thought that was weird. Yeah, the it, version Steve Rubin had was I, had, I really had liked because it had four main deck fevered visions, and that card actually just gave it a lot of oomph. I feel like I could get behind that kind of a deck, but he fizzled out on day two when yeah. playing against the exact same archetypes he would play against on day one presumably <laughs> because there aren't very many of them um I, I think there's like green white variants right like pascal maynard played like a just a pretty green white tokens list from yeah with, uh, with some dude but that was at the pt he didn't play that you know was playing that no one was playing that didn't see that at all in Pittsburgh. They're just not creative, Brian. Yeah. You you need to have a the, little the, bit more creativity. I played a ton of Sultai uh, during the week. Oh, that. Leading up to Grand Prix Pittsburgh. That so like, Gear Hulk-ish deck? Yeah. So Ishkana? Yeah. That deck looks like garbage. June Ishihara played like, it's like three uh, torrential Gear Hulks, one noxious Gear Hulk, and like Ishkana, and like all the like, played Vessels of Decency. Garbage or crap. no? I played the deck a lot online. It was garbage. <laughs> It, was it looks like up, garbage. It was straight up garbage. It smells like poopy stuff. Like, obviously, I didn't, I didn't have nearly the amount of reps he had with it. So, I mean, there may, maybe it starts to sequence a little better as you play it more. But um, I know Ten and Grace won and a PPTQ playing over his version of that deck, which is a little more streamlined. And I was expecting to see more of it do well at the GP because it seemed... Like a deck that isn't one of the three or four decks that you expect. Well, so you're saying just wishful thinking? I just, I it was. It, it apparently has a good green-black matchup, but... I don't see how it could ever be vehicles, right? Like, you're just always on the back foot. Like, you're basically, like, trading one for one, and your, like, top end of your deck is so clunky in that deck. Like, you could just accidentally draw all cards that cost six. Like, that's... A <laughs> yeah, well, that was my experience with Ish Ishihara's deck, was I, I would also, or I would just draw things, like, removal spells out of sequence. You know, and it's like, oh man, if I draw like that's like a basic island terms. is one of its lands, right? Yeah, but you, have, you have traverse the Ulvenwald, so yeah, so which implies that you would need to have forest or something like that on turn one. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about a deck that probably needs to be able to cast grasp of darkness on turn two to stay alive. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's and it has fatal push, right? It does. It yeah, does. I, I don't know. I think which, that which, by the way, is why Martin's deck like was a bad choice for this week because. His deck was really good against Green Black. Yeah. And really good against Mardu. I'm sorry, his deck was really good against Mardu Vehicles. He was like four and one against yeah. it in the tournament until he played the Mardu Vehicles deck with four fatal push in the quarterfinals and just kind of got fatally pushed. Like off the building. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think, I think that that deck, while it was pretty interesting at the tournament, like in this, like now everyone's just got four fatal push. It's like, luckily that card is only an uncommon. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those cards you should buy like a hundred copies of it so that you could like set, like speculate on it and like sell it for DI three years from now to modern players. I, I mean, it'll be... Shoot. 
Maybe we should edit that part out so that I can do that only. <laughs> oh, the fatal I think you're a little this. late on that, actually. Oh, I'm sure man. people already, like, I think mean, people, the, the word is out on cards like that. People know, like, I think a foil fatal push is already like 25 bucks. Yeah, but like a regular fatal push can only be like a couple of bucks. Like, I think it's like four or five bucks, but I don't know. I don't, I just draft them and then play with them when I need them. So, um, have you seen the green-white Marvel deck that I designed? Uh, it was before the rotations, but... Uh, New York regional champion Roman Fusco uh, played it to I think the top four of a PPTQ on the last week. You haven't seen it? I have not seen it. It's hella gas, and I think like I think I might play it at Grand Prix. It's a Marvel deck. Yeah, it's like a it's only green white though, so it's got like it's a, it's a delirium deck with no black. Okay, and what are you marveling into? Ulamogs or Ulamogs and descend upon the sinful. So the reason the deck is good is like it's like overwhelmingly advantaged against beatdown decks of any type. It's overwhelmingly advantaged against black-green. It's overwhelmingly advantaged against against uh, vehicles. And it cannot win a game against Jeskai. Like, I mean, in previous format... Um, so you, you can't beat Sahili Rai combo? I, I, I don't know. I haven't really put that much thought into it specifically. Like, the version that, that Roman had at the PPTQ had Emrakul still, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. But it's actually better to play more Ulamogs now because you might need to destroy particular permanents at instant speed or, you know, remove them from right, the game, right. I guess. It's actually better than taking a turn in some cases. Like, you could take a turn and then still lose, right? That's, right, the, right. that's the problem. Um, but, yeah, he just, like, beat blue-white in the top eight and then lost to blue-white in the top four. Like, he, I mean, his opponent was on the play and had, like, four-turn Gideon in both games, and that was it. So, um, it, I think it's not very good against blue decks or decks with Spell Queller, maybe. Uh, but it's just overwhelmingly advantaged against green-black and vehicles. Like, I mean, that seems like a great place to be. I would, I mean, I'm sure you can sideboard your way to some sort of reasonable matchup well, against I, Jeskai. But the thing is, I'm not even sure that that, that solves... That it's actually good against green-black or vehicles. Oh, no, I'm, I'm very confident I would have a very good record against green-black. And, like, vehicles, is, it's spotty, right? Like... They have, like, their super fast draw with second turn Heart of Kieran, and, like, sometimes you just disrupt it. Like, if I get an unmolested turn five, they always lose. Like, you can't... <laughs> there's no two ways about it. Like, their best-case scenario is all their permanents go away, and I have a sick creature. <laughs> like, I have, like, every game on turn why, five. Why descend upon the Sinful and not Fumigate? Descend upon the Sinful, uh, first of all, it RFGs things. Okay. Right? So, if you're playing against cards like Scrap Heap Scrounger... Sure. Then... That jerk... RFGing things is actually much better. Second of all, if you're playing it for free, it doesn't matter. Sure. And third, and most importantly, it leaves you a 4-4. Four four. So if you think about cards that you can marvel for... Right. Um, <clears throat> so end uh, of turn, marveling for descend, untap with a 4-4 four four and play. Well, here's an example. Like, right, so let's say you have a marvel in play, you pass a turn, your opponent has a seal Healy Rai, cast a Felidar Guardian. Felidar Guardian comes into play, targets a Healy Rai. Activate marvel in response. If you get an Ulamog, your play is obvious, right? You just destroy yeah. both of the key permanents yeah, and then yeah. you attack and slam them, right? But if you if you get a descendant upon the Stonefall, before the Felidar Guardian finishes flashing, you kill the Felidar Guardian so they can't loop you, and you're left with a 4-4 to kill the Sahili Rai. Sure. Right? Like so that's very good. Right. right? Assuming assuming that it's at a point where they just don't have a second guardian and play it after you've tapped you activated your marble. No, you time it correctly. Yeah, yeah. Right. So um 
but yeah, just like against any like a four four flyer is pretty good, right? Yeah, it's yeah. not the best, yeah. right? But like, but it gives you it gives you some ability to interact with the board if there's a planeswalker that you haven't been able to but, wrath. With. Yeah, but or if the text on the card is like destroy like four awesome green black creatures, including like Rishkar Pima Renegade, Windy Constrictor, and I don't know, Trans Gearhulk or something. I'm sorry, uh, Verdus Gearhulk. Yeah. The text is that and leave a four four body. Yeah. Like, no, that's pretty good text, that's, that's right? So. Uh, and then you, it's a reasonable card to cast also. So the deck has a lot of tricks to it. So it has Traverse the Uvenwald and uh, Attune the Aether. So it only has 22 lands, like a lot of basic forests. I mean, you can do tricky things like you can Traverse the Uvenwald for either Ishkana Graf Widow. So the hits are Ishkana Graf Widow. That card's very good. Uh, Ishkana Graf Widow, Ulamog, and Descend Upon the Sinful. You can Traverse for either Ishkana Graf Widow or Westvale Abbey if you have the other one. And then they Voltron together to make to make uh, Profane Prince, right? So like, there's not very many decks that can beat a Profane Prince in standard. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I would test this. I got I when I was at the GP, we talked on day one to Chris <laughs> Patello. You might remember he was the guy who had the uh, Cat Pack deck. Oh yeah, I remember uh, that. Free deck. kittens. I remember and, that deck. Yeah, and so he he had a deck for this tournament, which was um, Saltai Marvel, and it was a. <clears throat> The deck didn't have Ulamog, it didn't have any, it didn't have the Sihili Rai combo, but what it did have was Distended Mindbenders and Elder Deep Fiends. And that was basically his top end for his Marvels. But the interesting thing was that ability to Marvel into Distended Mindbender uh, during their draw step. Right, so there's Duders, right? There's I, I assume he has the green, Rogue blue. Ref, ro, Rogue Refiner. Yeah, so the 3-2 the, the draw card gain energy guy. Yeah, he also had um, the Servant of the Conduit, which is the 2-2 two, two make energy yeah, make mana guy. Our deck has that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he had a handful of, of dudes. That yeah. he could also, so he could also, the idea was he wanted to put it down, let him get some cheaty things with Marvel, but also let him be able to cast all of his things if he drew them, which I mean, he was, I guess, didn't want to do. I'm not saying it's right. I just thought but that's not nearly game. powerful enough against the high end of the format, right? Like, like if you, even if you're just playing against vehicles and you get them with the first octopus, right? Right. You still need three more octopi to win, <laughs> right? Like, like, oh, I tapped you down for one turn. What does that mean? I get in five? Like, that's, like, one of their guys has vigilance. Like, like yeah. you can't. You can't even necessarily get in five. You need to be able to chain stuff together. Right. Like if you can chain together four octopus, fine, you win. Right. But like, there's not even any guarantee that you have a second reload of Marvel energy. Right. Right. Like, right, right. like that's the why I think traditionally Marvel decks play such powerful high end right. cards. You know, because right. you have to have the assumption like I invested a couple of setup cards and four mana in this. I tap it, but now I'm going to win. You know, with a high likelihood of winning. Like a high likelihood of like a reasonable advantage on the board, isn't? It? <laughs> I mean, sure. like when you're flipping over Ishkana, it's fine. Like, all right. So let me ask you. So I mean, obviously you you like this green white thing. I mean, what do you do in standard right now? Like, is it only like do you only play those three decks and try to find the right metagame version that's gonna let you win the mirror and beat those other two decks? So I, I don't have a strong opinion because I haven't played very much of the current standard yet. I think if I had a, of a if I were going to play an available known deck, it would 
probably be Green Black Energy. Yeah. Because I like the cards the most, not because I think it's better than Green Black Delirium necessarily, or like, but I think Green Black Energy, if I'm gonna be among the, just the available. Um, I would definitely play Brad Nelson's Green Black deck if I was gonna play anybody. Yeah. I mean, he went top 16 at the Pro Tour with it, and then just went top 16 at the GP with it. Yeah, but Brad could like, top 16 with a burlap sack. Uh, that's sort of true. It's a little more difficult to do, I think, in a format this with the, where the cards are so powerful and the decks are so well established. My my problem is, I, but I played the previous format a lot, right? So, like, I knew that format very well, and I I disliked it substantially. I thought it was m among the worst standards I'd in, in recent memory. Like, really, really bad. Like, it probably, not, not the worst, right? Like, like, Upheaval Tog <laughs> standard was miserable. Like, full-on Fires was pretty miserable. I, I didn't mind Affinity. I won all the time in that one. Sure. You know, like, I, w I w didn't mind Affinity and Goblins. Um, I, it was hot and cold on Fairies. I think that the existence of full-on Fairies was bad for people, but I didn't mind it that much, even though I lost to it a lot. But, you know, I, I think that even in the, like, the days of Upheaval Tog, there were, like, you could... You could play a deck like Mono Black Control and tune it correctly so you were at a massive advantage when they thought they were at a massive advantage. Yeah. But the thing is that the previous format, I don't, I think it carries through, unfortunately, to this um, to this format quite a bit. Less so, and I'll tell you why in a second. But it's just miserable because I played it a lot, lost to Blue White a lot, beat Blue White a fair amount, and I got the feeling like I could be the best blue white player in the world, literally the best blue player in the world, and I'd have like a 5% matchup advantage against just a serviceable blue white player. Sure. And that's not a good format in my mind. Like, and it, I mean, I played like, I played blue red energy a lot, I played green black, I played blue white a little bit, I played some marble. I felt like, like I, I, I like played a tournament, if I played green black, I felt like, Every match that I won, I should have won that match. And then every match that I lost seemed completely random. Like, it, like I just didn't go first or something, and there was just nothing I could do about sure. it. That, and, that's like, one of the reasons I like Brad's list, is Brad really said he really focused his energy, lower Casey, yeah. uh, on making sure his deck was able to win on the draw. Like, he felt like so many of the green-black decks yeah. were just like, hey, I'm an overwhelming favorite on the play. Hooray, I've done my job. And, you know, instead he really wanted to focus on how do you, how are you able to catch up on the draw? So, yeah, you can see that if you look at his list. The problem in my mind on something like that is, and you, there's no perfect list. You're always going to have a trade-off. You're going to get something, you're yeah. going to give something yeah, up, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that also means that he doesn't have as overwhelming of an advantage in the big, in the big haymaker games, right? Sure. Right, like... What's his payoff card? His payoff card is only like a medium strength card in another deck, right? That's the, I think that's the. Well, that he's the, got all the same, most almost all the same cards as the other green black decks. He's got the same draws. He just, he's just pushed himself towards having like something like Gonti as a way to steal the advantage back from like, you know, I, I thought, actually I thought the Gontis were great, right? Because you go into like sideboarded games but you and your opponent's like, like Gonti. I hate Gonti. I hate Gonti. When you say you hate Gonti, it's because you secretly like Gonti. No, I hate Gonti. I think Gonti's a jerk. Yeah, but you admire Gonti. No, I don't admire Gonti. I think you love Gonti. Gonti Gonti's had everything handed to them He's on the, a silver Oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I knew it. You love Gonti. He love is Gonti. the lord of luxury. It's they. It's they. What? 
Gandhi's preferred gender pronoun is they. It's not he. He's they. They is the lord of luxury. Yes, they are the lord of luxury. How do you even know this? I was told this by people who said you shouldn't have said he. It's they. How would anyone know that? I don't know. Dude, this is. So First anyway. of all, that is more nonsense than your opinion on Gandhi. I knew you loved Gandhi. I don't love Gandhi. They is the lord of luxury? I guess they is, yes. Oh yeah, this sounds wonderful. <laughs> Whoever told Brian that, they is a dum-dum. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's pretty nice. You know, you sideboard in all these, like, ruinous paths and, like, uh, uh, obnixless. It, you know, and all these other kind of sideboard cards that are like a little, you know, that, that sort of shift the game towards a more controlling game, and then you just steal their best cards with Gandhi. The, the Lord of Luxury. The Lord of Luxury. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I like, I like that. I like that, like that deck a lot. But I just wonder, is there just like a green-black deck that you can just like pre-sideboard against the green-black decks? Well, that's what I was kind of getting at, right? So, when you talk about a deck that's like a medium power deck versus... So, obviously... The presence of the constrictor has changed how magic is is played in standard on a couple of axes. One of them is that cards that might have previously um, given you an incentive to go tall now give you a different incentive to go wide, right? So, for example, if you have Verderous Gear Hulk, and in the past you might have put like a lot of counters on one creature. You get it's, to double not the counters. it's not uncommon to go four yeah. creatures because you get eight counters yeah. instead of getting four so counters. You, so it changes... Or like, six counters if you split it or, you know. It changes the the, the, the way that combat interactions happen, right? So, um, <clears throat> like, in, maybe in the past, if you're thinking about, like, which is weird to me that people don't play Kalitas, right, really anymore very much. Like we, we started to see a little bit more of it this weekend. But, like, in the previous format, it might have been, like, not uncommon for someone to say like third turn Kalitas, fourth turn, all the counters on Kalitas slam sure, for a big sure, swing. Sure. That's not a play pattern we see right now. It's much more likely that you're gonna see something like Windy Constrictor, Pima Renegade, sure. um, into into like a distribution of counters going sideways. The problem I think is uh, is one of speed. Uh, and like, if you could play, like, this super haymaker black-green deck, right? Like, imagine a deck that's just, like, the kind of deck that we would have seen, like, two rotations ago that had cards like Distended My Vendor, like, more bigger removal, you know, all that kind of stuff. You could do that, and maybe you would have an advantage in some of these matchups, but I think that you would lose the ability that black-green has that's so effective at racing Mardu vehicles right, right. now, right? right so right. the thing that I think one of the the advantages that Black Green has against Mardu Vehicles is that it's not like you're playing control against Beatdown so much because Mardu Vehicles is so much initiative, you know, and they can also shift into this kind of control role. It's that, like, if you have any kind of an advantage, you're just laying down three threes and four fours and, and bigger creatures than that. You just kill them before they can draw their, their boom boom, right? Like, did you see Ryan Harris list list at one Pittsburgh? Um, I, I saw all the lists. Yeah, so it was like it was like ones? it was like basically he called it like green black turbo was yeah. what he called it, and it was for um, for servant of the conduit and some number and I don't remember if it was four but it might have been of catacomb scepter. Oh, so, yeah, well, you throw this deck from 
two pros. They're very, sim- very, very similar to the first deck, and all he wanted to do was play a turn four Verderous Gearhulk. Like, he just wanted to get to turn four and be able to power out a Gearhulk. So, my point is that... When you're talking about speed. You can play, like, with, with, uh, the creatures that, that are receiving the counters from Verderous Gearhulk in almost all cases don't have Trample. Right. right? So, you can play against a deck that's just, like, flipping up Ishkanaz, and then they're using Ishkanaz for fodder to either gain time or just play really big spells, right? Like, you can, and they, you can disrupt somebody with, like, Mindbetters, or, or have these creatures that are all, like, attrition-y two-for-ones, and I think that you can use those advantages to just draw a lot of removal that will be very good against creature decks that don't have haste, but the problem is, then you're probably going to be giving up a lot of Martin vehicles matchup. Because they do have haste, right? Or, I mean, I don't know, maybe you're playing against Martin's list. He has Fleet Wheel Cruiser, right? Like, because <laughs> like, like, decks that are just based on a lot of, like, one-for-one removal, sorcery speed removal, and buying time tend to be very bad against haste creatures. So, uh, even if you get rid of the haste creature, like, they did you five first, and then, you know, you only have to do that so many times right. before you, you've lost the game. Mar- the Martin Vehicles deck is so depressing to play against. Yeah. Like, well, in the sense that... Like, I, just you, thought, I think it's not interesting. I, I, well, but here's what's really not interesting to me about it. Yeah. Think about, like, playing classically against, like... like if you were going to... You know, this would fall into the category of an aggro deck, right? You of would course. think of this, like, as a slide deck or a red deck win style Oh, Marty Vehicles? Yeah. I think it's, like, a... I think it's somewhere between, like, a linear aggro deck and a, and a mid-range creature deck. Sure, Boros deck wins, whatever you want to call it. It's more... I think it's more, like, the red zone. Because sure. it's, like, these, like... But here's, medium casting here's the, costs. Here's the thing about those decks. Yeah. You're supposed to somehow survive, get the five mana, yeah. cast your fumigate, and they roll over dead. Well, but he has Heart of Kieran and They have Heart and, of Kieran, they have scrappy, Gideon, they have Scrappy and Scrounger and Gideon Ally of Zendikar. They can literally just go, okay, fully online again next turn. So the I think they the, don't even miss a beat. The macro problem, well, one of the macro problems with standard is that Gideon is a great card that is badly, badly used. And I don't mean badly used like the decks that he's in are bad. I mean like it's bad that those decks can play it, right? <laughs> like, like if Gideon is played like in like a fair and interesting strategy, then I think that like if Gideon is being played in black, white planeswalkers, I think it's great. Okay? Fantastic. Go, okay. go, Lucas you, Bohan. You go win that Pro Tour, okay? I think that's great. But, like, if you talk to someone and people are, like, grinding their decks really hard and, like, they have these really innovative new strategies around Tezzeret or Improvise or whatever. I love and, those. I love those. But the conclusion decks. is just, like, okay, I didn't go first. I didn't have a mana leak in my, whatever it's called, yeah, Metallic, metallic Review. Yeah. And they cast a fourth turn Gideon. I lose 100% of the time. I have no real way to interact with it. <sighs> yeah. And it's tacking for more than five next turn. Yeah. And they only have to do that two to three times or, before you're dead. Or, or they get to, or they just play their Gideon and then get to use it multiple times the turn they play it, right? Oh, because they, of heart, right? Yeah, yeah. They go, they go Gideon, make a guy, crew my vehicle with a loyalty counter, attack you. If you attack me back, I crew again. Like they can use it three times and have it still on the board alive for next turn. I mean, you can crew, you can crew a heart of Kieran with it and attack with the Gideon. Yes. You're attacking for like 11, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's bananas. Yeah. So like, that's I think the big problem. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, if you're on the draw and your opponent casts Gideon and Mardu vehicles, you, you almost can't win. Like, if you've got, if you've got like a ruinous path and like you ruinous path, it like you're still behind. Right. And the problem like, is they always they play they all play four. It's legendary, so they always have another one in their hand. Well, 
it's like super horrible. They just play one to like crusade, and now that now Heart of Kieran is like at oh, least I was just five about five. Heart of yeah, right. Yeah. So it's so so. Let me ask you something. So so standard. I, I don't see any cracks in this front, right? Like I don't see anything that's right now breaking through these three archetypes. I mean, I'll try your green white marble deck. I'm pessimistic until I prove it otherwise, right? It's very good against green black. It's okay. very good against smarter vehicles. I'll try it. You cannot win a game. <laughs> I'm willing to, I'd be willing to take those So odds. here's my strategy, is just to play 15 offensive cards in my sideboard and then just <laughs> switch into Long Tusk Cub, Gideon, <laughs> Thalia. Thalia also does double duty against the, the Rykon yeah, one, right? Yeah, so yeah. Thalia's in play, it's hard for them to go you off. Can also, you can also just sideboard authority in the councils. Yeah, but I need all offensive cards because if you're not drawing they, an egg, but I'm saying they can't beat an authority of the councils. Well, they could beat you with just torrential gear hulk counter spells and yeah, drawing sure, extra sure. cards. Oh well, fine. But you're just gonna, you're cold to that. Fine. Like that. <laughs> like, fine. I mean, we we were having a debate about whether you play, which is the one that's a white and one instant that destroys an attacker. Oh, immolating uh, glare. That I said we have to play stasis snare. You know, like why? Because one of our uh, it's a main deck card. Like, yeah. Like why? It's like. In a sideboarded game, I need to be able to remove their trenches gear hook before blocking. Yes, yes, right? yes, like, yes. That's a real concern. That's like, one of the best things about Pascal's green white list was just the main deck stasis there. Like that's like a real thing. Like yeah. their deck is way better than our deck. Like <laughs> let me our, tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. If you're attacking at the six on tap meta, any number of which are blue, you are you are just asking for that is it's the bloodbath we've been, bloodbath we've been waiting for forever. So, it's just disgusting. So they're like torrential gear hulk into yeah, unless you're Mardu because un, that is just take disintegration. Three. Just take three. Mar, you know, torrential gear hulk into unlicensed disintegration, disintegrate your other attacker and okay. kill your planeswalker. Hundred percent of the time when I'm the guy with the, Mar with the torrential gear hulk and in the same situation, my guy eats an unlicensed disintegration. <laughs> <laughs> I take lethal damage. <laughs> And I take an extra three because I deserved it. Yeah, well, you probably did. I'm just saying you need to be able to attack into the six mana. If, if your plan is to just bring in 15 offensive cards. Sure. Like, you can't have, like, and it, it's, like, it sucks. It's hard. It's a much harder card to cast. Our deck has two planes. Those are the sources of white, right? So, th so four, more <coughs> week, four more weeks. Yeah. We, we're one week out from the Pro Tour. Four more weeks until banned and restricted. Four state. more weeks. What would you do? Would you do anything like right now to the format or would you let it stand pat? I don't, I don't know. I think it's, I almost think it's too far gone. I think like, what do you mean? I think like Greenbelt Rampager is like a horrible magic card. <laughs> like, I love Greenbelt Rampager. It's the most, I mean, granted it's an elephant, but it's the most on the nose design I think I've ever seen. It's just like, oh look, I can create a direct translation. <gasps> From this resource to this resource, <laughs> write it down. I mean, a, a sort of a direct, sort of a direct correlation. A limited amount. You can't it's do it only a limited amount if you're only, if you're playing it by itself. Sure. If you're playing it in the context of anything else. Sure. It's just an engine uh, card. But that's but we play engine card. Aetherworks Marvel is just an engine card. But Aetherworks Marvel is like, it's like the. It's like when you pull it, the 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 handle on a on a the the train no the brake, slot sixteen machine. handles on the slot machine. Oh man, I thought it was sixteen handles. Aetherworld Smart is, is the ding 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 jackpot, right? Yeah. Where you got the affogato? 
I think they're closed. I don't want to go. I don't it's too cold. Yeah, I know. I'm kidding. Why are you messing with me? All right, so. <laughs> yeah, I did. So it's the ding, ding, ding on the jackpot, right? Yeah, yeah. But like Greenbelt Rampager. Well, is, it's not. Maybe it's ding, ding, ding. It's definitely the spinning wheel. Yeah, it's the spinning wheel. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, like, it's, it's the, it's the spinning wheels. Like maybe it's whammy. I, don't know if I have it's, no yeah, idea. Yeah, it could be a whammy. All right, but the Greenbelt Rampager is like. <laughs> It's like if there's a sign. Greenbelt Rampager is not the card I'm going to point to, though, and say something's wrong with standard. I mean, that card's fine. All right, so these are the cards that are horrible. Winding Constrictor. Yep. <laughs> Heart of Kieran. Yep. Uh, Scrap Heap Scrounger. Yep. <laughs> Let me think. Felidar Guardian. Felidar Guardian is garbage. Sahelirai is garbage. Together they happen to make an interesting combination, but they're both garbage, right? Like, but don't isn't the fear then? So let's just say you go into some world and you're like, okay, we're gonna ban Heart of Karen and Winded Constructor. Okay. Don't you also have to ban Felidar Guardian? Do you really? Because that think, just becomes the. Do you really? Think the, first of all, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for a blue control deck to do well. Okay, or for a combo deck to do well. And do you really think that that deck? is going to survive the onslaught of fleet wheel cruisers that you have just put <laughs> into the format. So Heliverhide, it, it's not Splinter Twin. Splinter Twin is you take your third turn and then I take yeah, yes, away your yeah, fourth correct, turn. Correct okay? that it's not your okay. fourth turn, but it's still it's still this kind of like non-interactive combo. a small planeswalker. Like, Anybody can beat that if they're I trying. Guess. I mean, when you see people playing in implements of combustion in their main <laughs> decks at the Pro Tour, they certainly that's a are. Bit of, that's a little <laughs> bit of a format warp. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good. It gives Fine, you. I'll play shock. It gives you delirium. <laughs> <laughs> gives you Fine. delirium. Yeah. It gives you what's it? Whatever the metal craft is now. Whatever they call that. They give you all of the stuff you need. Sure. Like my deck has one walking ballista, so I can, so I can, uh, wall for wit. That, that's like you know, you just got to do what you got to do. Like there's parameters on any format. Do you think, so, but let's. Do you think Winding Constrictor is bannable? Is Winding Constrictor? It's probably the most powerful card in standard. It's like really powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think like. The, the, Did you guys I, preview it? Did you preview it on uh, uh, top level? We talked about it, we but the official uh, reveal was done by limited resources. Oh, okay. um, uh, I don't know, like Grishkar Pima Renegade is a good card. Right? They're it, very good cards. Wait, who cares? Like you, you, you play against Rima Grishkar uh, Pima, Pima Renegade all day long. You don't care. Yeah, it's just a dude. I should just kill it. You yeah. can shock it. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, whatever. You certainly don't care about that card. It's when suddenly you have eight points of power on turn four. On turn three, I should say. That you know, your, your opponent goes from two points of power to eight points of power, goes from three mana to six mana on turn four. Like the things get a little I, crazy. I'm trying to figure out in my head what the difference between standard and modern is, because modern is a fast format where the vast majority of the games are decided in four turns. But I think that it's a great format, and I think that it's really balanced. It really, it really rewards good play. The card pool's wide enough that there's just a number of different strategies it, it, like, that you can do to like. It rewards preparation. Sure. I think standard is, but I think standard is like rolling dice. Like that's. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the improvised decks haven't matured yet, right? Like maybe there's. But the problem is, like even the great improvised decks, I feel like just are full of garbage. <laughs> like all the. 
all the cards you have to play to improvise things are garbage, and then the payoff hey, cards are you, mostly I'll tell garbage. You what card's not garbage in the improvised decks? Key to the city. That is sweet. You know what card's good? Um, inspiring statuary with Key to the City. Yeah. And Key to the City is just like James Day Tome and Fel Felwarstone <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> That's boss. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that, man. Uh, I don't know. Like, Black Red Beatdown's a good deck, Well, right? the Black Red, Black Red Beatdown deck's very good, actually. Nobody played it at the Grand Prix, though. No, it didn't. It did, well, I mean, certainly it didn't show up in the top 32, um, but it was it was a real deck at the Pro Tour. Like went eight zero on day one. Well, because the and there were a couple players, and there were a couple players in the the three two devoid guy can get can get colorless creatures online. That's the thing. Yeah. Forerunner or slaughter. Yeah. 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 We saw it, we saw it a little bit on day one of the nice GP. Nice brags. You know what his name is. <laughs> like that guy ever mattered before? <laughs> I just did a standard GP. I play by play seat. I kind of had to know his name. Um. Yeah, he, he was Oh uh, nice nice you had a you'd have named your seat. <laughs> when I <laughs> when I ever did coverage, I just yelled. <laughs> Insulted the shout, players shout casting. and disagreed with Randy. That was my that was that whatever seat I was in, yes. that was that seat. You you guys disagreed about the value of the million dollar lightning helix. You had to create some drama. I just, I actually, I was completely blind to that game. I think I've talked about this before. Olivier played so badly. Like, I just, like, my eyes were bleeding. Like, if he just played the correct, I, I, when he played his wrong land on turn two, I was just like, he's going to have to discard. This is going to matter later. And like, if he just played correctly on turn two, I don't think he can lose the game. So, like, I, I was just like, ah. Million dollar lightning. $16,000. <laughs> Adjusted for inflation? Million views on YouTube, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the million viewer lightning helix. Um, yeah, so, but that, that, that deck just, like, again, like, with, with decks just running four fatal push, like, you just are able to, like, like, the, the idea is those decks are just supposed to come in under all your answers. And like decks just have like well, I think those, those uh, specifically the black red deck is specifically interesting and viable if people are playing slow green black decks or if there's more Jeskai type decks, right? Like sure, like, like I mean that's the reason it was played at the Pro Tours. They was like, oh, that deck is going to beat the Jeskai deck. Yeah, because it has like so much haste. Like we were talking about earlier in this podcast, yeah. if you have a ton of haste, you're really good against these decks that are like sitting back being right. like hey i would cast but oh damn it f4 again oh like ew, fumigate Ugh. all right buy back all my creatures untap crew my vehicles <laughs> fumigate's a joke that card is a you know it's not a joke a descend joke. upon the sinful cost one more but it keeps you alive <laughs> well it doesn't keep you alive i mean like you need the life gain from the fumigate sometimes you think that, like gaining three life is better than getting like, a four-four angel that also removes their stupid guy from game? Maybe getting a four-four. I'm getting a four-four. Maybe optimistically. I've getting never a four -four. not gotten a four-four. Just lying about delirium. You have delirium. Yes. I mean that's how you always get a four-four. Mitko can't let you lie about that. <laughs> if it can, I don't know that hack. Is there like alt plus plus always delirium? <laughs> Next F9. thing I F9. Next thing I know, Todd Anderson and Brian Kibler are writing a <laughs> a blog post on B on uh what is it um, BK Gaming 
Facebook.com about how Mitko doesn't know if I have delirium or not. <laughs> well, guess what? F9, Brian. F9. I don't think that works. Don't try that. <laughs> I don't even know what F9 does. <laughs> Might be bad. Don't try F9. Speaking of Mitko, yeah. I was like looking at my phone last night, and I was looking at the, I was looking at the score from the Cavaliers, I think Pacers game. Yeah. That is called Worth, and I'm like Worth. Is it possible that Kyle Korver's just as good as Steph Curry? <laughs> and he's like, no, but he's pretty good. He like doesn't really miss three pointers. He doesn't. That's, <laughs> like, I, have you paid attention to any other teams besides the Cavaliers? You would have known this. He's been a monster for quite a while. But on my team, yeah. he's very effective. He's at, this year's Jr. I, I I wouldn't. No, I don't. Jr. is a great defender. Was he a great defender in New York? No, he was just a chucker in New York, right? Yeah. Well, under, I don't know, I guess LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> under Coach LeBron, he's just like, JR, minus one prostitutes, <laughs> minus one the pipe, <laughs> minus one the other pipe that you smoke, <laughs> plus three defense. It's even. <laughs> LeBron, what about, like, uh, plus... What about pipes? <laughs> <laughs> what about plus two long twos? No, no. Minus two long twos. Plus two, however many threes you want to take, JR. All right, LeBron, it'll be 25 a game. Okay, JR. So, speaking of threes, yeah. did, you, did you see what Brooke Lopez did the other day? No. Six three pointers and eight rebounds or something <laughs> like that. Like the first history and the player of. Like, six no, three point attempts? No, made six three pointers in a game. Since when is Brooke Lopez a three point shooter? This season long. This season of yeah. this new thing? Yeah, yeah. What is up with these guys? All the big guys are shooting. Serge Ibaka used to be the best power forward in the NBA. Toronto Raptors Serge Ibaka used to be the best power forward in the NBA. Now he stands in the corner. Instead of being a blocker, he's just like a horrible version of Kevin Love. But Kevin Love never had Serge Ibaka's defensive skills, but he was always like more or less the greatest rebounder in the world. But he was great because, you know, he's got a really versatile offensive game, including three-pointers. If you take Serge Ibaka, you start oh, out. Sorry, it, was, it, was eight, it was eight blocks, oh. which is much more unreasonable. Yeah, eight, first player to record eight blocks and six made threes in a game. <laughs> well, eight blocks is insane. I know. You're like, Olajuwon didn't have eight blocks. Did you, did you see Draymond Green flying the other night? No. Draymond's Green. So, just describe it. You don't have to, many, you're looking it up. This is the Top up. 8 Magic Podcast. We don't look I, it up. I want to, it's, like, I can't, the number of points he scored is so low. And his game is so insane. Let's see. So, just so he scored four points. That's the first. Thing. Okay. Yeah. It's basically he had four points and then a triple double. So like ten turnovers, ten steals. <laughs> Draymond Green is. If if that guy can like keep from kicking someone in the nuts. <laughs> You might have a championship contender. <laughs> oh, yeah, they might be good. <laughs> yeah, well, too bad he can't keep his foot in his own shoe. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like Stephen Adams. How bad is Kevin Love here? I mean, you don't really come back from knee injuries. That's a problem. So you're going to trade for Mello? God, no. So you're going to trade for Mello? No. So you don't really come back from knee injuries. He only has two weeks before the playoffs. He's going to be like, I don't, I don't know. Because he had his best game of like ever the day that he had the knee soreness. Right. Um, but everything I've ever heard, you don't really come back yeah. from the injury. You did get you, you guys signed Derek Williams, right? Yeah, I like to a ten day contract. I liked is he? I like Derek Williams. I don't know why the Knicks didn't resign him. I really like. You him. know, I was talking to Worth about this last night. 
I think he'll, and I think he'd be really good on the Cavs. We I tried to trade the pick that became Tristan Thompson and the pick that became Deion Waiters to get the second the year that uh, Williams was drafted second. Yeah, because we wanted to get uh, Derek and Kyrie. Yeah. Now we have them for free. <laughs> I mean, but keep in mind we also used a first round of number one pick on Anthony Bennett. What <laughs> goes around? We, I mean. Think about like the 12 teams that could have had Kawhi Leonard. Here's all I want. Kawhi oh, Leonard. Here's all I want for, for Mello. I Kawhi just Leonard. want Brooklyn's first round pick that is currently possessed by Boston. So I don't know what you have that Boston wants. <laughs> you really think he's coming into my team? I think he's going. I think we have an open roster spot that we I made with Birdman. I think he's going to either the Cavs or Boston. I think he might go to Boston. But I think he's not good on our team. I hate to break something to you. You put LeBron on a team with another player. I understand. Your your next sentence is, he and LeBron played great together. I don't give a shit. I just want Brooklyn's first round pick. It's the greatest player of his generation. I just want I want Brooklyn's first round pick. That's what I want. I was like drawing. Currently owned by Boston. I was drawing it up like I I I don't know how how this year's you know rubber match is gonna go. Because I, I up until like last night, I thought the Cavs were a paper tiger, but I think they might just be like lying in wait. Like, because I think Shumpert is secretly really good. I've always liked Shumpert. Shumpert's I've, I've always Shumpert's, liked him too. Shumpert's a great defender. But I think he's secretly really good. You think good. he can shoot now all of a sudden? Yeah. Like, so here, the thing is, I was like trying it up. Like, I don't know how, what lineups the Cavs play correctly. Because the problem is, Golden State only has four players, okay? So they have a 12 man roster. But only four players are playable, right? The problem is three of those four players are really good two-way players, right? And the other one is the best offensive machine we've ever seen, okay? The Cavs have, like, LeBron James and then, like, a a bunch of good players, but all their players are one-dimensional, right? So, like, Kyrie's just, like, this insane one-dimensional offensive player, like... Corver's like just only good at three pointers, right? Shumpert's pretty much only good at defense. Tristan's only good at rebounding. Like, like Love is a multi-dimensional player, right? But so like, I don't know how I don't know how you get like Corver, Jr., Shumpert, and Kyrie all on the floor at the same time. <laughs> or like, do you just blow the whistle as soon as the possession changes hands? You're like, oh, hold on, I need to get my defensive lineup in. They're about I, to have the ball. I always, I always like Jr. on the second team. He was sixth man of the year with you guys, right? No, but he starts on the Cavs. Yeah, well. But we're going to like, I think we're going to have Corver in that spot. Yeah. Or maybe we should start Corver. I don't know. Yeah. And where does Mello fit in? You've got to figure that out now. I think we're more likely to get Rajon Rondo than Mello. Interesting. Right, we need a point guard. Our point guard is Kyrie. <laughs> Number one, he's made of paper clips. <laughs> like, literally, he's like, <laughs> he's like a little paper clip man. <laughs> that you get if you're doing Microsoft Word. He's just like, hello, I'm Kyrie Irving. I'm very good at layups and crossover dribbles. I'm very bad against water. (laughs) Water is my enemy. I'm reaping. (laughs) None of that makes any sense. True or false, Kyrie Irving is made of paper. True, true, true. No, that part's true. That part's very obvious, actually. Number two, Kyrie Irving is made of paper clips, okay? I don't know, maybe like Corver will be like a star shooting guard for us. Maybe we should start him. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, 
I think he's probably better than Clay. All I want, all I want, is Brooklyn's first round pick. Why do you think? Why do you think that's gonna matter? I, I, you just want to like we have a good young team to build around, and then we would have two first round draft picks to offset all the years we had no first round draft picks. <laughs> Who are you? The Philadelphia 76ers. Just like now that if now that if beat is beat up, like <laughs> Nerlens Noel gets to play a few minutes in the NBA. What kind of setup do you have that you drafted Nerlens Noel and he never plays? I don't know, man. Philadelphia. I don't pay that much attention. Right, we've got seven centers. <laughs> Is seven centers too many? We still have room for five power forwards. <laughs> you, think, you think Cleveland's going to beat Toronto now that they have Serge Ibaka? I think that it's a complete non-factor. <laughs> I think that the only team that could conceivably beat us is Atlanta, unless we have a grievous injury. And Why Atlanta? What? Because Why Atlanta? we historically have a bad matchup against Dwight Howard, and he's actually playing great this year. I think people just, I don't even understand how they don't notice that he's playing great this year. And the important thing is that the over. How's it over? It's an all-star break. The Knicks are out of it. We're trading Melo. We're rebuilding. We're tanking for a draft pick. Baseball season. Do you care now? If I say yes, they're just going to break my heart. Do you care now? I have put so much psychic energy into basketball. (laughs) That's the sport that I care about. You understand that, I mean, the team largely the same, right? The team was largely unchanged this offseason. Probably got healthier. Yeah, the Indians. Indians? Is that good for me? Yeah, they probably have more pitching now than they did last year. They had a number of pretty, like, horrendous pitching injuries down the stretch. They're better, I think, coming into spring training than they were going into the postseason. I can't have an intelligent conversation about this. Let's talk about television or movies. Okay. Have you seen my list? <laughs> have you seen the movie John Wick Chapter Two? No, I'm seeing it Monday. Oh my God! What kind shut of? Up, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! I was away. I'm seeing it. Monday. Are you taller than me? No spoilers. Because I should be looking down on you right no now. No spoilers. I'm going to see it Monday. Oh my God! John Wick Chapter Two might have been better than John Wick Chapter One. I know. I've just I was in a car the entire for like three. Uh, with someone who just wants to talk about John Wick 2 and I wouldn't let him. I'm kicking this wall and it's made of stone. This makes less sense than my career because made paperclip segment. I am uh, I'm going to see it Monday. We can we can talk next week about it. All right. I'm definitely seeing it Monday. Uh, uh, did you watch Arrow last night? I am not caught up on Arrow. It's a preachy episode about gun control. I I, I liked it though. I am bored as fuck with Arrow. Pardon my French. I meant to say AF. How could you be bored of Arrow? It's the best. I hate, I just, I just, I'm all of those shows. The only one I still watch is The Flash. That's not true. You watch them all. I watch them all, but the only one I look forward to, <laughs> the only one I actually DVR is The Flash. You know there's going to be a Supergirl to... Flash musical crossover. Really? I yeah. like Supergirl too. Wait, so is, I is, actually do watch Supergirl. I kind of like uh, it. Crazy Ex-Girlfriend done now? Because all the episodes are from season two are on Netflix already. Then it should be done, yeah. So I don't know if we I talked, watched season two yet. We talked about Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but like a few months ago, BDM texted me and he's just like, hey, have you watched Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? And I'm like, what's that? And he said, it's already your favorite show. <laughs> I'm like, huh? And it is like a combo God, of- I've got your new favorite show. It's a combo of musical theater and like self-deprecating jokes. And the, the entire concept of the show is that 
This Filipino dude, this 5'8 Filipino dude is like the best looking guy on earth. Like that's the core concept of the show. And it's a musical theater show. So of course it's my favorite show. Okay, it hits every note. Yeah, it's, it's, the show, show's great. Uh, Little known facts, I almost, I said, when I turn 17, I'm gonna get a tattoo of the phantom mask on my left ankle. Good thing you didn't say your face. <laughs> That would have been insane. Oh my Man, I wouldn't have a job right now. But, but I never got a tattoo, got a tattoo of the Phantom. Of a monocle. A monocle? You got a monocle tattoo. And then you actually wore a monocle. Which eye would you wear the monocle on? Your tattooed eye or your non tattooed eye? You put a lot of thought into that no, question. I didn't. I have I mean, asked it before, but it's. I think I would put it on the non tattooed eye for symmetry. I, I would put it in the tattooed eye for comedic effect. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you're already wearing a monocle, so you look uh, like a. <laughs> all right. Um, Wait, have you watched the first three episodes of The Expanse season two? I have not watched The Expanse yet. So you, uh, Brian, also got me into The Expanse last year. That is also one of my. I, I think that like if you're looking for something to fill the void of Battlestar Galactica. Well, The Expanse is Game of Thrones for sci-fi, right? Sure. So like Game of Thrones is Game of Thrones for fantasy. I, but I mean, I think it, it it fills that void of like just looking for like a big, weighty space opera. So who who has King King Killer Chronicle? They're developing it right now. I don't know where where that's going to be. But I think it's maybe it's Hulu. I'm not sure, but it's yeah, Lin Manuel Miranda and gamer nerd. Yeah, that won't be the best thing on the television yeah. in like about a All second. Right. So But like it's like Archie with angst, right? No, it's like Archie. It's so basically the high concept for the show is Archie if 90210 met Twin Peaks. <laughs> it is dark. But why do you even bother to use the Archie characters then? Uh, because it's an update on them and because they're familiar and because you, you have some foundation of the Betty and Veronica relationship. You have some foundation for the Archie Jughead relationship. But they could just... But first of all, this audience has never even heard of Archie. Well, that, but that's not true. Certainly people who are watching it, almost every kid has read an Archie comic at some point. All right, maybe. Like Unless you think the audience is 40-something. Well, I think the audience is certainly... Certainly, some, some percentage. Certainly, some percentage some percentage of this audience is in their forties. Uh, some some one hundred percent of this, <laughs> this audience is their forties. Um, but yeah, it's just really like uh, it's very dark. It's very it doesn't shy away from anything. Like, aren't you know? Do you remember the teacher Miss Grundy in the comics? Um, Did you read the comics? Yeah, yeah. I, I read I read the Mark Wade Archie comics. I read Afterlife. So you know Miss Grundy. Solomon Grundy? No, not Solomon Grundy. Was, was she born on a Monday? Miss Grundy's banging Archie. Really? Yeah. But what about Betty and Veronica? Betty, he's, he, he and Betty are friends. Veronica made out with him in the first episode. Betty was mad. Jughead's asexual. Well, that's how he is in the comics, yeah. supposedly, right? But I there's think like, he is anyway. There's like a bunch of different Archie. Oh, I read like Archie versus Predator. It's written by the guy who wrote Afterlife with Archie, the show. That guy used to write um, what some one uh, one of the uh, HBO shows. Um, he has like a long hyphenated name. He used yeah. to write Fantastic Four. Okay, yeah, show, I, I think the show's the show's worth. I mean, I'm not like basically watching because it was on Netflix in Dublin. Yeah. Like I was in Dublin and it was like every new episodes every week on Netflix. I'm like, oh, this is on the CW at home, but All sure, right. I'll watch it. I'll watch it, I guess. I, 
you'll, you'll take it. I mean, I watch Blackish, which is the best, and I watch Modern Family, which is somehow still hilarious. I haven't watched. I watch Modern Family only in reruns. I'm like, I'm like two dogs and five years behind. It's like super hilarious still. Like I just, I don't even understand how like they could keep up the quality. Like The Simpsons is like nowhere near as good as The Simpsons is at its height, but you're just like, oh, it's still The Simpsons. So I'm just gonna keep tipping my hat to it. But like, I don't think Modern Family's missed a beat. Have you, have you watched Red Oaks? I don't even know what that is. It's an Amazon Prime show, two seasons. It's about a New Jersey suburb, bunch of kids who are working for like a, a resort over the summer. And it's basically like um, every like 80s sex comedy meets Brighton Beach memoirs, meets the Flamingo Kid. Is that a boxing thing? No, Flamingo Kid is um, Gary Marshall uh, coming of age story with Matt Dillon. It's like an 80s sex comedy without as much sex, but just really sweet um, coming of age comedy. It's really good. And it's yeah. got a lot of like actors from the 80s who play roles now as adults on the show. So like Paul Reiser and Gina Gershon and Jennifer Grey. Really? All people I've heard of. Yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of this show. Yeah, it's on. It's two seasons. It's It's really sweet. <laughs> And, and and well done and just uh, I binged Man of the High Castle over Christmas I thought season 2 was a mess no it was great I thought season 2 was a mess you're a mess if you think it was a mess. they lost their showrunner the showrunner left in the middle of season 2 I thought it was great yeah I mean, it was, I know. was glued to the edge of my seat, which is the only part that I needed. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I still watched it all, but I didn't, I didn't love season two as much as I loved season one. All right, what other movies are there? The Wall comes out this week. Are you gonna boycott it because of, because a, a white person was cast in it? <laughs> I mean, I assume he's playing a white person. I don't know. Um, he's not playing a Chinese person, is he? I know one who's boycotted. If he's playing a Chinese person, I'll flat out boycott it. Okay. I know a woman who boycotted I mean, the Bourne movies he because, be, because he was cast in this movie. I mean, he could be playing Marco Polo. No, he's not. It's a fictional story. There's dragons in this movie. So he could be playing a fictional Marco Polo. Not that I'm saying there's not a such thing as dragons. If any dragons out there yeah. are. No, I'm not going to see the wall. I have no idea. It looks terrible. It looks like it looks like a Faustian bargain. It looks like Mar Jason Bourne's. Like, <laughs> Matt Damon's like, all right, I really want to make, I have this dream movie I want to make. Okay. And then like Chinese financier, he said, interesting. I also have a dream project I want to make. <laughs> it involves Jason Bourne building the Great Wall of China. You're in it. <laughs> <laughs> that makes so much sense. You know? That's what, did you ever know about like, I fully expect to see some Matt Damon movie where he's just like a divorced dad raising bunnies in Alaska. <laughs> like, you know, just like. So, you know, uh, with his pregnant daughter, played by Ellen Page. Um, like the the career of, of Christopher Nolan. So he makes Memento, right? Like it's yeah. a small movie. Where people people liked it, right? He's like, oh, okay. And then he's like, all right. He just falls into Batman Begins, right? Which I know you don't like the ending, but almost everyone else thinks it's a great I think movie. Batman Begins is a, a, a good start for superhero movies. Yeah. I think Dark Knight's great. I think Dark Knight Rises is an abomination. Well... I think it is laughably bad so basically he makes this he makes this batman movie right which did I, I disrupt your narrative with that yeah. okay which like especially at the time though you gotta be like, this is like the best thing ever at the time right yes or? which B batman begins there uh, was no iron man yet there
was no. Batman Begins was a good start. It was, yeah. it was promising. I was like, I liked it. I thought it was the best ever yeah. at the time. So he makes this, and he's like, hey, I just really want to. Is that before Spider Man? Before the Sam Raimi Spider Man movie? Or uh, it was after. Sam Raimi Spider Man's way better than Batman Begins. No way. Sam Raimi, vote. We'll right. do a poll. We'll do a okay. top eight magic poll. Carrie Dan, if you know how to put a poll in, <laughs> Sam Raimi Spider Man 1, Batman Begins. Maybe it's before it. If it's not before it, then it's it, moot. Uh, Dark Knight is the same year as Iron Man. That's what I know. Um, anyway. 2008 was Dark Knight and Iron Man. Because I've been doing a flick chart. So, so he makes it. He's like, hey, I really want to make this movie about these dream hunters. right? And they're like, this is incomprehensible. Make another Batman movie for us. <laughs> like, he's like, all right. He's like, hey, I kind of want to make some movie about magicians. Right? Oh, man. That's my favorite Nolan movie. But the thing that's funny is Nolan... <coughs> His Dream Hunters movie made a billion dollars, and he just kept wanting to do the movies he wanted to do, and they just kept being like, make us another Batman movie. <laughs> hey, can you be the producer of our Superman franchise? And he's just like, dude, I can make you a billion dollar movie without this, and then like, you know, he's you know making these great movies. Did you see his next movie? It's a World War II epic. World War I, I thought. World War I, yeah, yeah. sorry, Dunker. Dun I don't think I'm gonna like it. I yeah. don't know if I'm gonna but I loved not, Interstellar. Not, not enough ninjas? Huh? Not enough ninjas? I loved Interstellar. There's no ninjas in there. Really? I haven't seen I Interstellar. I loved it. I haven't seen it. Thought it was great. A plus. Probably my favorite Nolan movie. I think mine. I think it's The Prestige followed by Memento. Oh, I love The Prestige. I don't like Memento. I love Memento. Here's my problem with Memento. Memento is only interesting for one reason, which is the framing device, right? So, like, otherwise, it's just like this. Oh, I made my movie backwards. Who cares? Okay. I cared. I mean, I stole. I stole. I'm, I'm still. It's not. A, it's not. A, it's a feat. To make, first of all, I also I also appreciate it as an act of announcing oneself as a director. Like, it's not a great story. It has a very interesting elements. So the the overlap of the interesting elements yeah, and a pretty good story make the potential for a great movie, right? But the problem is the only thing that's interesting about the movie, or not the the proximate thing that makes the movie interesting is the framing device. But the problem is the framing device is complete is unique, right? It's, sure. In this movie, it's unique. But it doesn't work. If you can't create new memories, how is he telling the story? Hey, listen, man. <laughs> I, this is my problem with. Uh, he can remember this. This is why yeah, I don't like suspects because they lie to you. Shut up! It's the best. I hate it. How can you? I've hate been it? born out. Brian Singer stinks. Brian Singer. I've been I've been born out on this. Brian Singer stinks. X two. Is his only good movie. Days of Future Past. It's okay. It's great. It's okay. It's no X2. It's, it's, it's the fine. The best thing you can... It's fine. The thing that it has going for it is a very solid foundation of, like, the best superhero comic story from the last 40 years. Okay. So, basically, what you're saying is Brian Singer makes, like, at least 40% slightly above average or better X-Men movies. <laughs> Like X One wasn't very I, good. I, 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 this I apocalypse really, thing was like I think there's horrible. some great stuff in Usual Suspects. I think it falls apart when you, when they show you no. stuff that's an obvious lie. Stop! Stop it! It's great. This is what's not good. That apocalypse movie. Jeez, <laughs> that movie. Jeez, that I'm movie I think that movie goes toe to toe with X Men Origins Wolverine for biggest POS. No way. X Men Origins Wolverine is much better than that movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. You want to talk about X3, The Last Stand? Now that is a bad X-Men yeah. movie. Yes, it is. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Hugh Jackman pulls down those leather pants. 
<laughs> squats over X3. It's... No, it, it's... Logan looks like it's gonna be good. I hope so, but... It looks depressing, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the thing is, they have too many continuities in the X-Men universe now yeah. because they rewrote history all those times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, it's it's hard. Like, I don't know. Are there just... I, I think my, my understanding from reading some article last year is that they're just gonna make movies in each of three different continuities. So, like... It, this is continuity one. This is con- like so. The continuity one is the one that, I guess, comes up from the Famke Jansen continuity. Well, X Men Origins Wolverine into which is which takes place before X Men, right? Right. And then the goes up through X three. Some events of X three are undone by Days of Future Past, but there's two continuities that are implied by Days of Future Past, right? There's there's present and future, and then there's alternate present, right? right. So there's three separate continuities, and I think like. They're saying, like, we can make a movie in any of the three continuities, and it doesn't bother the other two continuities. Sure. So, All right. which I'm sure is Carrie, just going to be so Carrie, not confusing Carrie, for movie. Carrie Dan, we need a poll. <laughs> which Jean Grey is better? Famke Jansen or what's her name? from uh, Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. It's Famke Jansen for sure. I know. I just want to see how. I mean, Sophie Turner's not even that hot. It's not a matter of hot. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Baby Jansen's like 50 years old, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. Sophie Turner's like 19 years old, and I'm like, I'll pass. There's a... <laughs> it is about that. It's just a better Jean Grey. Really? Yes. Who has a more Jean Grey appropriate haircut? Fancy Jansen. Really? I don't care. <laughs> Literally just the wrong answer. Yeah. So. I hate cycling. I've always hated Cyclops. I like Cyclops. I feel like I would defeat Cyclops in battle just by punches. And (laughs) he's got, like, laser eyes or whatever, but I'd get out of the way. Poor Cyclops. I'd just punch him in the face. What if I broke his glasses? All these really (laughs) shitty X-Men have, like, supplanted him. Like, people are like, I love Gambit. Gambit sucks. Gambit sucks. Can you imagine just, like, like walking up to, like, Scott Summers, like, hey, Scott, and then just punching him in the face and breaking his glasses? And and blowing the top of your skull off? It'd be worth it. I broke his glasses. Nerd. Nerd Scott Summers. I like Scott Summers. Like no, Scott Summers. I do he too. killed Professor X. I don't know. I didn't read. I, whatever that is, I didn't read it. Killed Professor X. In what? In what? AVX. No. Yeah, I don't care. I don't read those. I didn't Mar- read those. Back when Marvel still cared about the X-Men, they yeah. put them in like <laughs> this great event. And then I guess one day they woke up and they were like, that movie made way too much money. <laughs> Inhumans for L. <laughs> Inhumans are not as interesting as X-Men. No. Now it's Inhumans versus X. And it looks like the X are going to win. Oh, really? No. Well, I mean, the Inhumans have Black Bolt. He's gas. <laughs> and then, like, their next best person has just got, like, prehensile hair. <laughs> I like. I always like Medusa, but I like Kirby Medusa. And John Romita Medusa. What does that mean, John Romita Medusa? John Romita drawing Medusa. Okay. I understand the words you're saying. John Romita Jr.? Senior. John Romita Senior? Yes, John Romita Senior. In what comic book? Uh, Spider-Man? And like, yeah, various, various, maybe Marvel team-ups. I don't even remember, but... I like Medusa. Certainly did her on the cover of uh, Superhero Women. Oh. That, he I drew re- her there. That's probably one of the first places I saw her as a kid. I just, you know. She's kind of a lame superpower, if you think about it. She's like telekinesis that only affects her hair. <laughs> True. It's follicinesis. No, she has telekinesis, but it doesn't extend past her hair. Yeah. 
But like the thing that's weird is like, does she is she's now drawn as though like she has a lot of hair, like she can. Like, it's, like her, she has more hair, you yeah. know. She like when she's walking around, it just looks like a regular they're, haircut. They're tele extensions. Yeah, like they're tele extensions. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, who else they got? Karnak. Let's see, he's like good at punching. Yeah. But not that strong, yeah. right? Uh, and then Lockjaw's gas. I like. Him. I like Lockjaw. Crystal's kind of lame. Sorry. Johnny likes her. Johnny. Shouldn't Johnny had a thing. What about her and Quicksilver? I guess they had a thing too. What about her and Ronan the Accuser? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she married Ronan the Accuser. She did? Yeah. Seems like kind of a big deal. How did I miss that? Well, you know that Black, the Kree Why? made the Inhumans. I do right? know so that. So Black Bolt is the king of the Kree now. Oh, okay. That makes sense though. Yeah, so I think like they did it for a tree or something. Got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm not up on, you know, most. Just Jonathan Hickman, man. Yeah. Didn't I give you my Hickman comics? You did. You gave me your Hickman FFs. And you didn't read them? I did. Is that maybe... maybe That's in that, yeah. Not, maybe it didn't go that far. I, I had them all. I didn't give them I, all no, you. No, I don't think so. Probably. It's like the best. I really like those a lot, like Really good. I liked those because they felt like very uh, thrown back to like older FF stuff. Well, especially where, like, artists that he chose, right? Like all these big things would happen in one issue and then they'd be done. Like which is how the old FF stories would be. But then he brought it all around into one big epic story. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just great. Yeah, it's great. All right, go, going back around to uh, Magic for a second. Are you going to go to Grand Prix, New Jersey? Not only that, I think I'm going to... Wait, when is Grand Prix Las Vegas? I don't know. Because I think I have to go to Las Vegas next month, so maybe if it's the same week, I'll just stay. I have yeah. to go for work. Um, okay. And then, I'm, yeah, I'm going to definitely play in Grand Prix, New, New Jersey, Jersey. And I'm going to play even in the PPTQ the week before. What are you going to play in Grand Prix, New Jersey? Are Standard. you going to play the green-white deck? Who knows? I don't know what's going to be banned. How will I know? Will stuff be banned by then? I don't yeah. think it will be. It's five weeks after the PT. Same format as now? I think it's same. I think it is probably like I, I feel format. like I feel like if I'm going to play in a 2,000-person tournament, I don't want to play a deck like Green Black. I'm not going to... I wouldn't be as good as Brad Nelson. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you could call Brad and get his list and then that's practice not the, with a lot. Well, no. Like If I sit down and I play against Brad Nelson and I'm playing his list, he's probably going to beat me. Well, that's but, true. Okay. But to be fair, if you sit down against Brad and he's playing his list and you're playing whatever deck you're playing, he's still probably going to win. <laughs> no? Mike's shaking his head. You just ask Brad. <laughs> Don't ask Mike. <laughs> no, man, Brad is awesome, right? Yeah. I'm just saying I couldn't beat him with his list, right? Sure. Like, sure. But, you're um, you're going to try to find something that you're advantaged in. Well, I think maybe that's something I like. You know, I, think yeah. I have some affinity on that. Right, <clears throat> like I wish I could. Okay, I'll, play, I, I'll play. I'll play. I'll, I'll play test your green white list this week. I, I wish you know I, an update on it for current standard. Um, like post Emerald. Maybe I'll like make it in like the Kenji format and put it on the Instagram account. Okay. Speaking of the Instagram account, have you seen these like cool things that we were doing with Chris Lansdale? Yeah. Uh, the, with Johnny did the second one. I have like three. I didn't realize he he made a whole Dropbox folder. There's like a ton of them waiting to be made into little videos. He didn't tell me. <laughs> So more of those will come out if you like them. So um, basically there's like small questions like how does uh, Rishkar's expertise work if you don't have any other cards or um, uh, how does combat, the word combat work. Is it, when I say combat, I mean enter the attack phase. Well, if you say combat, that means you skipped ahead to uh, attackers. Luckily, I don't ever do tricky things. <laughs> I don't know about them. <laughs> I don't know about vehicle. Yeah, that was really that was really unfortunate on a number of levels. That whole uh, incident. It's because I think it's mostly unfortunate because they're mic'd. 
If they weren't mic'd, it wouldn't have blown yeah, up. Yeah, and it was, it was unfortunate. You're right. And it's unfortunate because, like, it ends up, like, it ended up backlashing against the player who called the judge there. So yeah, he didn't he really went, do anything wrong. He did not do, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong. I mean, you know, within the rules, but, you know, you know, people want takesies, backsies. I mean, at the pro tour, takesies, back. I don't, I don't think you should have takesies, backsies at a PPTQ. <laughs> you can't, seriously, just think about a PPTQ. I'm not talking about an FNM. Put like $40 to play in it, right? You're going to potentially get a chance to play on the Pro Tour. You're going to give Takesies back. I no, literally put $40 into play, yeah, right? Yeah. And I like, gave up my afternoon. There's no Takesies back. Yeah, no, of course not. It's insane. So, but yeah, that was that was, uh, that was was probably one of the more interesting things to come out of that. I think day. language is a different thing. Though. Yeah, but I mean, it still said combat. <laughs> you know, he still didn't. That, combat. You know. But it was kind of interesting, right? Because people just, like... His shortcut was different than the sh his shortcut was like okay I'm gonna go to combat Maybe and now I have these triggers that I'm gonna respond to at the beginning of combat. Have you read any and Jason Aaron comics? I've read Jason Aaron books. I've read his novels. Uh, Jason Aaron's I believe Thor God of Thunder. Yeah. I cannot recommend a comic more. Than this. Okay. Unbelievable. Didn't so, he also didn't he do like the Northerner Northlanders or Northerners? I don't know his like independent comics. He's writing. Okay. I think for DC. He he's writing. Doctor Strange right now. Okay. Which is the exact same story that he wrote in Thor God of Thunder <laughs> like five years ago. Okay. Because I was wanted because I was reading like about this the girl Thor, right? Yeah. You can't call her like Thora or Thorina or something. She's just Thor, right? But I mean right. specifically the girl. The she's female, female incarnation of Thor, Thor right? So yeah. I wanted to but I was Jason Aaron is writing it still now, right? And I'm like, oh I might as well just go back and read this. Thor God of Thunder he did with Isad Ribic. Do you know this guy, Isad Ribic? No. I think he's a Serbian artist. My God, Brian David Marshall. It's, I don't even know how this is. Is it collected? Yeah. I don't even know how this is real. It's so good. <laughs> like, it's real. Like, I mean, like the first Inhumans thing that, that uh, Paul Jenkins and Jay Lee did. Yeah, you read okay, it, you, I remember You're that. like, this is almost too good to be comics. And like, like Thor God of Thunder, it's, it's so off the charts. Like, it just, like, the, the opening sequences, there's this planet, and, like, they don't, like, they're drowned. Like, they're, they're, they're like, all going to die of thirst or whatever. Yeah. And it starts to rain. And, like, there's this, this little, like, alien girl, and it starts to rain. She's like, thank you. And, like, Thor, like, flies down from the heavens. He's like, I'm happy to, you know, bring weather. She's like, and, uh, and, like, it's just, like, this girl from another planet, like, prayed to Thor. And, like, it's this story. It's, like, it takes place in three different timelines. It takes place, like, in the past when Thor's just, like, this carousing Viking who, like, likes to nail shield maidens or whatever, and he's not yet worthy to lift the owner. It takes place in the present where he's, like, on an adventure. It takes place in the far future when, like, he's, like, the Lord of Asgard and, like, most of the universe has died. Like, each like, issue is, like, multiple timelines. But... It's not a superhero story. It's the story of a god. It's like how you would write, like, this is like a story you would write about the adventures cool. a god is having and, like, the scale of problems a god is having. Like, it's like, it's, I, and the art is so, it's off the charts. Like, it's the same guy who did Secret Wars. I don't know if you Oh, read. okay. I've seen it, yeah. But, like... All right, he's just flinging his hammer. And I gotta, I gotta go to the strand on Monday. I'll look for it. He's jumping like jumping across the universe at twice the speed of light and hitting things with his hammer and getting prayed to. <laughs> getting prayed to is the coolest thing. Like there's this one scene where like there's this shield agent and she's like 
gonna get killed or whatever and they're like we have backup it's not gonna be here for like five minutes though and she's like gonna get killed and then you just like see like the doom robot get hit with a hammer she's like what happened she's like prayed a little <laughs> it's yeah it's just awesome All right, well that seems like a good strategy for grand prix new jersey pray, pray a little. <laughs> um yeah i don't know uh maybe i'll just can is there anything i can donate like i can, I can donate like maybe like maybe i just play like a really bad card and i can donate that <laughs> yeah there's nothing no. no there's no there's no donatables there's no donation box in standard yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I guess I'll just play Brad's Black Green list then. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been playtesting with a lot. Um, I'll try the Sultai list again. I'll, I'll try your green, green-white list. It's like regular green-white not good enough against green-black. Just, just get run over. Like, they just outclass you so quickly, and you don't you don't have the... The problem is, I just I just don't want to be playing a deck that has to, that doesn't have four Fatal Push. Or access to four fatal push because it's so strong. Yeah, well, it's so good against the decks that are running fatal push. It's a catch twenty two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your angel token can be fatal pushed. Yeah, and in fact, will be because it'll have been Not, sitting in their hand. Nothing else to do. It'll yeah. have been sitting in their hand the entire game. So that's a good point. Hmm. So maybe you don't want delirium. You just punish them. You know, like oh. I think the fact that I'm removing their scrap because like, does Brad's list have scrap heap scrounger? No, green black. No. Yeah. No, a lot of the green black decks. No, have his, scrap his, 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 no, his, his does not. His did not. I thought scrap heap scrounger was a very appropriate addition to green black. Just because it gave you something to do with in the mid to late well, game, like, like in the, terms of recurring it. Well, yeah, because first of all, it's a three power guy that you can use to crew heart of Kieran. Right. On turn two. Oh, I gotta check. I, I, I haven't looked. I haven't actually looked at Brad's <clears throat> Pittsburgh list. He may have by now because he was playing hard. He, no, he wasn't playing harder here, and he was playing uh, Ethosphere Harvester. And then, then the other thing is like, no, um, I don't you, think he was at all. It just trades with everything at its same size, and you just get it back later. No sure. big deal. All right. Um, all right. By the way, this is Brian David Marshall, Michael J. Flores for Top Eight Magic. We didn't introduce ourselves. It's been a while. If so, people are still listening, I think they knew who we were. I don't know. Maybe they're just trying to figure it out. They're like, maybe these jerk-offs will introduce themselves at some point. Doofuses. All right, what are you going to watch tonight? Uh, I just finished watching People vs. O.J. Simpson, finally. DC's Legends of Tomorrow is what he's going to watch tonight. I'm not going to... I haven't watched any of that. <gasps> I might watch Legion. Oh, Legion. I haven't watched that one. There's I like heard three it's good. episodes. Everyone says it's great. Everyone says it's great. But I also want to watch Atlanta, and I haven't watched I that, that yet. That. So, but is it I just about watch the people. Hawks? No, no, it's the Falcons. It's about Donald Glover's. Do they have like a team called the Falcons and the Hawks in the same city? They do. They do. So, can you wear like the same? Like, and and, a, and the racist Braves. <laughs> Braves are they're just brave. Sure. Yeah, but how about the, the Indian? Bra- how about the Indian War Chant where they're like woo, 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 in the stadium? Like, how about that? Is that not racist? So when the Indians were in the World Series. My, my parents like sent me like an Indians t-shirt but like with the big like buck tooth Indian brave like oh, uh, in the thing so like I wore it once and then I came back and I put it in the laundry and Kathleen threw it away <laughs> and I'm like don't throw it away like why she's like well you're not allowed to ever wear it again yeah. it's racist and I was just like but oh. no it's racist and yeah. I'm like, All right, throw you haven't seen the, the, the version of that shirt that's just the Caucasians I've seen it yeah well, you can wear that one that's not racist. I don't know. I don't really know about about what the status. All right. Uh, 
Brian's gonna go home and watch DC's Legends. I am tomorrow. not watching DC's Legends tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna send this to Carrie Dan, and, and you uh, should watch Red Oaks. Check out our and Instagram. or Sneaky Pete. And oh, Sneaky Pete looks great. It was great. All right, I'll watch that. Okay, All right. bye. Bye.